Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Gal Breton with me. Gal is the founder, uh, one of the two founders of Authority Hacker. They have created a website to provide tactical advice that is actually practical to businesses and, and it's actionable. And they want to do this because they understand that a lot of people want to build authority websites. I'm very excited to have Gal on, on Success Harbor today to talk about how they have built Authority Hacker and how you can build an authority site too. Welcome. Hi, George. How's it going? Good, good. And if I butchered your name, go ahead and say your name. So I <laughs> want to say it as close as, as it needs to be said. I have to say every nation has their own version of my name. So it's always very interesting. But normally it's a French name and you say Gael, like Gale? the letter L at the end. Yeah. Okay, Gael. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. No worries. Me. So thank you for being here, Gael. Um, what were you doing prior to starting Authority Hacker? Um, we were running an agency that provides uh, services either to um, really big companies or to other agencies. And, and these were inbound marketing services. Basically, a lot of the stuff we talk about on Authority Hacker is stuff we've been doing for years already in real life for other people uh, mm-hmm. and and slowly we've been doing it for our own websites as well and it's taking off pretty well so yeah we've been taking care of client work for online marketing and um, have you started any other businesses before authority hacker uh, yeah the agency I uh, co-founded with Mark as well. So um, Mark and I created an agency and uh, we have been providing online marketing services for the past four years, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been doing that for a while now and we've been entrepreneurs for a while as well. Okay. So how did you get this idea? Were you working for a company doing similar service or how did you get the idea for, for, uh, you know, Authority Hacker? Um, The thing is... uh, I was always very obsessive over everything I learned, uh, and I just want to know everything. So um, Mark and I are both former online gamers, like mm-hmm. the type, type of game type like World of Warcraft and the stuff where people completely lose their social lives over games. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, no and shower so, for two days, huh? Yeah, yeah uh, no, I would still take showers, but <laughs> I, would go, I would go quick, you know? Um, yeah. But, 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 you know, it's that kind of mentality where we needed to know everything. I knew thousands of items in these games by heart and every effect they had and everything. And, and as I got into online marketing, uh, online marketing took, uh, was a little bit of a rebound drug for me that was a little bit the same. Uh, so, so I decided to just learn everything about it. And, and you know, the easiest way for us um, to have that freedom was to start this agency and basically do it with other people's money to, to start learning initially. So initially we were just two freelancers. And actually the, the agency at some point grew to up to 35 people. So we mm-hmm. had a pretty big team at some point. Um, and, and, and eventually, uh, you know, we, very few people would access our knowledge because uh, we would sell that for a lot of money. Like, you, you know, under several thousand dollars a month, you couldn't even talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but we realized that you know, reading other online marketing blogs and sites, etc., there was actually a lack of very actionable stuff. So, like, you know, people would be like, how to get traffic from Facebook? Oh, create engaging content and post multiple times a day. And well, what that's the heck why, is that, so, right? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's engaging content? How do I do that? What works? What doesn't? What's, what are real-life examples? Yeah. Uh, can I see the analytics and that kind of stuff, you know? 
Um, so let's let's go back a little bit. You mentioned that you are obsessive when it comes to learning stuff. So how does that manifest itself? How how obsessive you are? And because I think a lot of people they get interested in things and maybe they read up on it for like twenty thirty minutes and then you know they're done or whatever. But how obsessive do you get about learning all these things? Um, I mean, it usually starts with something that sparks my interest. So that would be someone mentioning something, um, like as I said, on a blog post at a conference or just something I see on another website for these things, or like just something that sparks my interest. And then I would want to get the same thing done for me, or like, you know, do it from scratch. And very often, uh, there is no, not enough literature to answer all my questions. You know, I can't find the answer to all these questions. So, well, I got to get on my feet and, and actually try it, and very, very often fail multiple times before I can get the same thing I saw, or the thing I was envisioning to get. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's just going to be going to be hours of Googling and searching around mm-hmm. and maybe asking people. I have a pretty good network of other online marketers and that kind of stuff. So for online marketing, it's just like basically, um, you know, mentors and referral, referral experience mm-hmm. and just, just taking action. But yeah, it, it can be hours. It can be like you will often see me on Skype at 4 a.m. trying something new or whatever. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and networking is a big part too. You mentioned that, and I hear that all the time. Uh, interviewed so many people, and you know, it seems that networking is one of the most powerful tools you can have in your arsenal. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, no matter how smart you are, you can't figure it all out by on your own. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's impossible. And yeah. and basically, people are a shortcut to you know achieving what you want to achieve because they are collectively you have a hell of a lot more time than you will ever have in your lifetime of experience, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, in uh, in 2012, you hit uh, 85 clients uh, on a cheap uh, gray hat uh, SEO business model, and then Penguin hits, and you had to relearn your job, basically. What did you change in your business at that point, and how long did it take to make those adjustments? Um, I'll be honest, it was a very easy business to run and highly profitable. Uh, at the time, you could, you know, spend a hundred dollars and, you know, charge eight hundred or something for mm-hmm. a service using Grey Hat SEO, and mm-hmm. and the results were so good. We didn't need to build any kind of relationship with the clients or anything because they would get results right away. Um, so one thing that changed is first we learned to work with the clients and actually, you know, try to understand their business and do that kind of stuff because you, we didn't need to before. We would just find the keywords. And you know, rang them on top of Google within two weeks. Um, it was that easy. So, uh, so yeah. So, how that, do you do that today? So, do you actually have to set up a phone call with them, and you have to find out what about their products or about their business goals? What, what do you? What, how do you do that today? Uh, now we need to understand the industry mostly. So it's not just the clients. It's it's like the whole ecosystem where they're trying to sell. So. The way we do that now is you still need links to rank on Google and you, you know, you these social signals and all these relevant content with keywords. It's all true still. But to get these, um, you need to understand, uh, how to get real life people decide that they will put a link on their site to your client's site or to your site, you know? Mm-hmm. And as a result, it means you need to understand where they hang out, you know, what, what works in the industry, what makes people excited. Um, you know, what kind of vocabulary they use and, and how formal communication is between agents and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So you really need to like involve yourself in 
uh, spend a lot of time on, say, like a subreddit of the industry, or depending on uh, the industry, for example, we work in the in the puppy niche. So uh, there's a lot of like Pinterest work involved and that kind of stuff. And we talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, building these long-term relationships as well, because traffic is a lot more valuable these days than it was back then. It was so easy to get a mm -hmm. thousand visits from Google. Now, getting a thousand visits, it's a little bit harder. So you want to do things like to do a lot more of like capturing the leads and nurturing them with email and do that kind of stuff. So really, it's it's just about maximizing every interaction and understanding how to actually communicate to get these things that you need to get traffic, such as links and social shares and content mentions and that kind of stuff. So uh, by 2013, you saw some good results for your clients. What were the tactics that you deployed to see those improved results? Um, a lot of it was um, it was still link building. We were doing a lot of outsourced link building work. For so what kind of link building? Because I mean, it started out yeah. with like just uh, reciprocal linking a very long time ago, and then you know, I mean, article marketing and uh, what 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 worked in 2013? Uh, guest posting was very hot. Guest posting was very, very hot, um, and it was basically the time when Penguin had wiped all the search results, uh -huh. and so uh, a lot of keywords were like up for grabs, and you know a couple decent links would would get you uh, like on page one pretty easily. So uh, the thing is like the um, the pre Penguin mentality did not fade out completely. So clients were still like, oh, I want this anchor text, and I want it to point to exactly this page, and I want uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. You know, they didn't really um, have the mentality of, you know, building authority and just, just, just making an overall good set. It was still link building, just different. And mm -hmm. to them, it wasn't very different because they basically were, um, you know, paying us to build links. So not very different from buying links, you know, except we were doing it the way that way. Um, okay. So, so, so for them, it wasn't very different. But for us, it was, we had a team of uh, 14 people outreaching full-time and building relationship with bloggers. We, I think at some point we had the biggest Bustroom account that ever existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so reaching out. So guess, let's talk about guest posting a little bit. So what kind of blogs were you targeting uh, at that point? What were you looking at to see if it's a good fit for you? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, as a service, it was very much based on what the client wanted and what their own objectives were. Um, so very often we'd get things like domain authority metrics and page rank and all that stuff back when they still updated it. Um, for us, for our sites, it was all about relevancy. Like, and, and it's still to these days, like when we run guest posting campaigns for our sites or just link building in general, the only metric we look at is relevancy and how genuine the website is. So if it's it's a quality site, then we'll get a link on it, whether it's PR zero or PR nine. It's just, mm -hmm. um, but but as I said, back in the day, uh, in early 2013, people were still very much in the mentality of the pre-Penguin hit, where they were worried about anchor text and SEO metrics and all that stuff all the time, and and eventually um, that led to what we know uh, happened in terms of guest posting uh, when Matt Cuts made the blog post about it. So let's talk about anchor text a little bit because it used to be people only wanted to see their top keywords in the anchor text and then that's really not the case anymore, right? Uh, what, what do you want your anchor text to be? Uh, I don't care, honestly. It's like, the, like I, I just don't care whatever it is. The thing is, um, the way we build our own sites at this point is we build content that's both educating and selling, right? Mm -hmm. So. 
And so the content is kind of about the keywords we want to rank for. So anyway, when people just mention these pieces of content, they will link with like an anchor text that contains our keywords very often, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, or they would just say here or check it out or authority hacker or gal or something. And, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually I don't think anchor text matters at all anymore. Mm -hmm. I just think it's completely gone. And it can actually hurt you, wouldn't you say, if you use the same keyword over and over? Yeah. It's I mean, not even smart to do that anymore, right? That's what, that's what Penguin is built on. Penguin is built on anchor text, um, like more than anything. I mean, there are other things, but I would say 80% of it is anchor text. So, mm -hmm. so, but the thing is, like, it's really about how you go about acquiring links. Because if you go about acquiring links by like, you know, befriending people and, you know, letting them link to you in your in their own terms, then you will never have to worry about anchor text. Um mm -hmm. if you if you're like, you know, paying money and, and going to the wrong places or like, you know, with people that have still that very old school SEO mentality, then then yeah, anchor text is going to come back again and again. And sometimes people in these circles think that they're going to make you happy by using the same anchor text everywhere and just going to get you penalized eventually, you know. So when you uh, you talk about this guest posting service, do you also write the content? And, yeah. And, okay, so so what do you look for in, in terms of when you write the content? Uh, do you look for the number of words? Uh, so, you know, what if it's too salesy? Like what, what are some of the things that you look out for? Uh, okay, there's different uh, questions in this. I mean, in terms of length, uh, for us, it for us for our sites, it really doesn't matter. It's like uh, it's more about like how well will it do to the community. So it's like if it's something we know can make some waves on Twitter or on like Facebook groups or on forums. So for example, a lot of the tutorials I put on Authority Hacker get reposted on forums and that kind of stuff. And and basically, I create it so that it matches my audience because. The way we monetize most of our sites anyway is by capturing emails and doing email marketing and selling through the emails. So uh, what we want is just grab the right kind of people on our site and capture their email. That's the main goal of the content mm. that we're creating. Um, now, uh, yeah, for, what was the second part of the question, sorry? Uh, well... <laughs> I'm not sure I remember, but that, that's uh, that's that's good. So you basically are, uh, you know, with the guest guest posting reach out, you don't really care about the the how long the the actual content is. It's mm. it's more about just uh, you know just pro providing useful content uh, on the site itself. Yeah, one extra tip I would say about guest posting as well is if you have um, low domain authority sites, so if you have like a, a new site or you're just not very strong at SEO. And you have the opportunity to strong to post, sorry, on a very strong website, like a you know domain authority 80 plus kind of strong site that just ranks very well. Um, it's it's kind of uh, useful to um, do two things. The first thing is optimize your your guest post for a keyword that you would never rank for, so mm -hmm. that so that you can actually take real estate on that search indirectly using that site domain authority. And the second thing is using what we call content upgrades which is creating some uh, you know, complementary piece of information that you can put in PDF or video form or something like that, that people can, that have been reading the whole blog post and have been interested can download and you just need to link to an opt-in page from the bottom of that blog post. Just say, hey, I also created that uh, extra resource. If you like this, click here to download it. And they go there and they put their email 
and they uh, will be essentially part of your list, of, uh, your email list eventually. And what that does is you can actually rank pages for very competitive keywords through guest posting, and these pages are essentially building your email list on someone else's website. So that's a pretty powerful way to do it in 2015, actually. And how do you find uh, these blog posts? Are you using any kind of tools uh, for, I mean, the, the blogs that you want to target for your clients? Um, it, it, it depends. Uh, there's, there's many ways. I mean, there's a tool called Buzzsumo that I'm sure mm -hmm. you probably know already that has a guest posting search option. And the good thing is you can sort it out per, per social share. So uh, what we try to avoid is like dead sites that have no activity and no readership. So by weeding out like posts without, guest posts, sorry, without shares, we are able to um, target, you know, active sites very quickly and easily. Uh -huh. um, there are also, I mean, advanced queries on Google, such as like write for us and become a contributor, mm -hmm. et cetera. And you can find a bunch through there. Uh, we are very big fans of Busstream, uh, which is an outreach uh, software. And uh, it can scrape Google as well using advanced queries. So, so we basically use that. What I like doing as well is find prolific guest posters in your niche and uh, use the query in post author and their name. And then Google will return all the posts that they've written across all the internet. And then you can put minus site and their site so their site doesn't come up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Can we talk about uh, one of your sites, uh, healthambition.com, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit? Mm -hmm. uh, when did you start uh, healthambition.com and what were your goals with the site at the time? Um, it started at uh, the uh, beginning of February 2013. So it's actually turning two years in, in one month now. Um, the goal, uh, there wasn't any, to be honest. The goal was just to diversify from just doing client work, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we were like, hey, let's just build a, a resource online. We had no plan to make any money. We had no plan for anything. Let's just use what we know about creating content and put it online, and then we'll figure it out. So okay. that's how we started. Okay. But the topic was clear, right? Even at the beginning, what the topic yeah. was going to be. But otherwise, uh, monetizing or any of that other stuff, it was, didn't have high expectations. No. We, we didn't really know what, what to expect, to be honest. So how is uh, healthambition.com doing today? Can you share uh, about traffic and maybe some revenue numbers? Yeah, so it's getting between 10 and 12,000 visits per day. And in revenue, it's well into the five figures at this point. Mm -hmm. um, Does it surprise you that uh, it turned into this uh, authority site, so to speak? Um, yeah, a little bit, because there's so many things we did wrong, and if I had to redo it today, I would... So what are those things? Because can, can, I'm sure we can learn from those things. What are the things that you did wrong? How much time do we have? <laughs> Maybe the top two or three. <laughs> okay. Um, no, the, the first thing we did wrong is not figuring out monetization from day one. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because when you don't figure out what your goal is in terms uh, of commercial goals then your content becomes all over the place. So you keep writing about, and, and you will see on the side that there are so many different topics. Um, and, and, and that's quite difficult to monetize because essentially, you know, the traffic that comes to each of these blog posts has different expectations, different problems, and different needs, you know? And so we would almost need to create a sales funnel for each of these blog posts. 
mm -hmm. uh, which makes it quite complicated to scale it up, you know? And, and so if I was to redo that today, I would probably just focus on a tiny topic and write everything about it, get a lot of traffic with the same problems, and pr provide one solution that you know, can be sold to all that traffic. So like, for example, I, I looked at one of your articles. It was about natural ways to lower your blood pressure, for example. Yep. So would you say that you want to go really, really deep in that, like high blood pressure and, and treating um, high blood pressure? I think just blood pressure is something that's like high blood pressure and low blood pressure are like definitely topics we could focus on. And, you know, on each of them easily, like, you know, foods that decrease your blood pressure and, you know, exercise and workout and, you know, lifestyle stress, reducing stress, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. things, things you need to look at before you go to a doctor to check your blood pressure and all of that. And, you know, there's a lot of things we could, we could cover. And essentially all these people, what they need is they need a lifestyle change to reduce their blood pressure, you know. Um, and we could provide that in the form of an information product. So that's typically one, what we do these days now. It's like we find our blog posts that do well and we expand on that topic by creating more, of, more content that covers the same problem and create or resell a, an existing solution. Okay. Uh, did we cover like uh, we covered like maybe one of the uh, the mistakes? Do you have like, maybe another that you would want to uh, bring up that was like a um, really good learning experience? We were not very good at promoting content initially, so we've um, we've spent way too much in doing things like posting every day and and all of that, and very little energy in actually promoting the content we were posting. And as a result, a lot of blog posts have had less than 500 visits ever. You know. Um, and, so let's and talk about that because there are so many people out there that are really uh, working hard to create content. But then, but aside from you know posting it on their Facebook page and sharing it on Twitter and maybe on LinkedIn, that's pretty much as far as they go. I mean, what 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 can we do to to go beyond all that? Um, I mean, it really depends on your niche. But um, uh, guest posting is one of them. But just like just like. Talk to other people and maybe like maybe offer promotion exchange. So like I will email my list about your last blog post if you email your list about my last blog post. Uh -huh. um, you know you can strategic uh, partnerships is, is yeah. one. Okay. Think about it like you would run a business. Think that like your your content is a product and you want to sell it. How do you do it? You go to people that have access to buyers and you make a deal with them. You know that's mm -hmm. the easiest way to sell a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so it's, it's basically the same, like just, just do that network. Now it's like, for example, for Authority Hacker, I literally post like twice a month. Uh -huh. uh, very little actually, if you look at it, but the traffic doubles every month because, okay. uh, because I'm spending a lot of time running promotion. Like that's most of my time actually. So for example, uh, this month, what I did was I created a giveaway of, uh, in December, sorry, so last month now, uh, I created a giveaway of uh, online marketing tools. We, uh, I gave away $5,000 of tools, but I actually didn't pay for a dime of it. Uh, mm -hmm. I just contacted the tools companies, and I was like, hey, do you want free advertising? Just give me some uh, free subscriptions. I'll give them away. And uh, I'll link to you from the contest page, and I'll send those thank you email that links back to you as well to everyone that joined in, you know? Mm -hmm. um, very cheap advertising for them. Uh, I had $5,000 of tools to give away. And then uh, I used an 
a giveaway system that has something of an affiliate program, so people could, like, when they join, had a unique link that they could share with other people, and I would give them more entries and more chances to win. Um, and then I sent that to a bunch of online marketing bloggers, and I had all of, uh, like, a lot of them email their email list about the contest with their unique links so they get more chances to win, you know? Mm-hmm. And that generated over 2,500 emails in 30 days. Um, and so where were you promoting this? I mean, it, was, it wasn't just email, right? Um, I mostly, actually. Like, I mean, mostly. I posted on a couple of Facebook groups as well, uh-huh. um, which, you know, got quite viral because everyone that came in had a unique link that they wanted to invite more people in, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually mostly used email. Email is by far the most efficient way of promoting. So that's why you want to get as many targeted emails in your list as possible, segment it very well, and then build incentives for people to expand your list. Um, and another way I, I do that, for example, using email is I use these things, these social lockers, you know? So mm-hmm. you, I create a bonus for a blog post, a podcast or something, uh, and people have to share the page to uh, access the bonus, right? Mm-hmm. And then I email that post to my list. They come in and they share the blog post. You know, a percentage of them shares the blog post, which drives uh, a bunch of fresh traffic that has never been on Authority Hacker before, for example, uh, to that blog post. Then when they try to exit, there's an opt-in pop-up that, follow, that opens up, and a percentage of these people gives me their email. And next time I use a social locker, they will bring more traffic that will sign up. So that's you know a little loop that that feeds itself. And then the second thing I do is I put a retargeting pixel on that post so that if they did not opt in for the next 10 days, I'm going to follow them on Facebook with the same opt-in offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, pop-up is, is very effective still, right? I mean, I, I use it, and uh, it seems to me it's annoying, but people are actually putting their emails in more likely than if you just put it somewhere on the side and hope that people will be, you know, people put in their email address. Yeah, I mean, pop-ups, when done properly, just just really are the highest co- email, uh, highest converting email building tactic. This together with retargeting is is very powerful. To give you some numbers, uh, Authority Hacker gets about 10% opt-in rate at this point. So one in 10 person gives me their email. That is a fantastic percentage, I think. <laughs> I mean, anybody uh, should be happy with that, right? It's pretty decent. So if you're able to get 1,000 visits, you get 100 emails. Um, out of which, you know, maybe half of them will be pretty engaged subscribers. So email marketing is very, very, very effective. Let's talk about how to get there. What do I do to build my list? I mean, one, of, one is to have the right technology, right? So you want to have the pop-up, uh, you know, email form and all that other stuff. But what do I do if I'm like fairly new? Uh, what are some of the things that I can do that are actionable uh, in the next, you know, six months to, to build my email list? Okay, so one thing that, um, like we've done it twice only, but that has been uh, very powerful, is to create something big that you can give in exchange for people's email. So in the case of Authority Hacker, it's a nine video course. Like we send you nine videos. I think there's like over three hours of content in total. Um, That's only for subscribers, including actually me taking a piece of content and like promoting it in real time and driving a thousand visits to it in 20 minutes, you know? and so, like, I took a whole week to create that course, for example. So that took me a long time. Um, but um, that did not only convince people that were visiting the website to give me their email, but that also transformed, 
you know, people that were just opting in, like, kind of, eh, I'm just going to check it out and, and whatever, another newsletter, you know, um, to real fans that just email me every week and talk to me and, you know, listen to my recommendations when it comes to buying stuff, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so, so that did not, so that's the first thing I would do is like actually take a whole week to just work on stuff you can give to people that give you their email. Um, and obviously you want it to be scalable with a marginal cost of zero. So you, you don't want to pay money for an extra subscriber. Um, so some things like, like videos or, or, you know, ebooks and that kind of stuff works. Obviously ebooks, very few people read them. So I would suggest videos and you can drip them out over time so that people don't have to watch three hours of content as soon as they opted in. Um, and then obviously, yeah, using the right technology. So the pop-ups, uh, the content upgrades, which is basically um, creative and creating an incentive to opt in for that blog post. So for example, uh, I made one on optimizing your page speed uh, on Authority Hacker and then one of the, the, the reason to give me your email was to actually get screenshots of how I set up my W3 Total Cache plugin. So people could just, you know, download the screenshots, do the same settings on their site, speed it up without risking of destroying everything, you know? Uh -huh. So, yeah. yeah, putting, and retargeting is very powerful as well. If you have a little bit of money to spend, and it doesn't have to be a lot, it can be, it starts from $1 a day on Facebook. So as long as you have $30 a month to spend, I would totally do that. Put a retargeting mm -hmm. pixel on your site, and um, and now it gets a bit technical, but um, you can create positive, like uh, negative audiences on Facebook. So you can put people that gave you their email on the thank you page. You put an audience pixel, which is going to be your negative audience. So you don't want to show ads to people that are already on your list. So you can show ads on Facebook to people that went on your site but did not opt in, and mm -hmm. you can follow these people with. Um, either the same offer or a different offer. And that's when you want to test different things. And that's why creating all these content upgrades is a good idea because then you have a bunch of stuff to give away for emails, you know? Mm -hmm. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, let's talk about paid advertising just a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. But uh, you know, like Google AdWords, for example, for a lot of businesses, kind of just too expensive now. Do you have any other recommendations for small businesses to use for paid uh, traffic? Um, to be honest, the reason it's too expensive is because you're bad at converting that traffic, um, usually. If, like, if you are able to get 10% of people buy, I'm pretty sure uh, AdWords traffic would be affordable, you know? Um, so what I recommend people do is they buy traffic on smaller keywords, on very targeted keywords, and make landing pages that are specific for these. Um, Facebook advertising is also very powerful. You can just target your competitors' fans. And, and uh, you know, you don't want to sell directly necessarily on Facebook, but you want to capture the email, and then you can put a sales page after people gave you their email. Um, mm -hmm. Or any kind of retargeting tends to be very, very cheap anyway. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I'm telling you, uh, I'm running retargeting for both Authority Hacker and Health Ambition on Facebook right now. Um, I'm selling a $20 ebook for Health Ambition, and I'm paying $4 for a sale. I am running just the opt-in for Authority Hacker, and I'm paying 60 cents per email. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's actually quite affordable. 60 cents per email. A lot of businesses should be able to. Um, That's very affordable. Afford it. Very yeah, affordable. exactly. Yeah, people may pay more for just leads that are like dead leads. They sold me. Yeah, and, and that's over. to like 20 other companies, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to look at uh, Success Harbor, but I was wondering uh, if you have one or two pointers for, for me. Uh, I have some traffic. I have about, I don't know, like 4,000 visitors a, a month or whatever. But I, like maybe uh, one or two things that pops into your head, what, what would make a difference in Because there's a lot of people that create content. And I mean, I have... I have pretty good content. I interviewed about 140 or so people, and if you have any any uh, you know actionable advice for me, I would you know I, you can be brutally honest with me too, obviously. Um, okay, that's an interesting one. Here's the deal: um, I would try to figure out how to get my guests promote their interview more, mm -hmm. um, and and you know sharing on Facebook or tweeting it. It's nice, but it's not a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. um, if you could get them to, like, include it in their autoresponder as a, you know, social proof item. So mm -hmm. maybe, maybe what I would do is um, work on making my podcast uh, interviews um, more of value for my guests. Okay. So, for example, offering a call to action to their product. Okay. Um, or, um, you know, like, Putting that, like making it really well formatted, etc., mm -hmm. uh, and use something like Strive Content Builder. So basically, they can use it as a third-party social proof promotion mm -hmm. item, you know. Mm -hmm. And then these mm -hmm. people are going to start throwing traffic at it, you know. Mm -hmm. No, and, that's really good. And that gives you the opportunity to collect emails and, you know, once again retarget and and all these things we talked about, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I would really focus on because you have a lot of interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, and and combined, all your guests have a lot of reach, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Sounds. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> uh, I would have to look a little bit deeper in terms of. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. I just wanted to see if anything that pops into my. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I have one more. Um, and I don't do it on my site yet, so uh, don't blame me for that. But for podcasts, having um, transcripts will help uh -huh. your SEO. A lot. Yeah, I I I I have it for maybe about fifty of our interviews, but I, I'm I'm kind of slow with that. But you know, it's like every interview is about six thousand words of content, so it's really really good for that reason. But uh, I'm guilty of that. I need I need to catch up on that a little bit more. But yeah. So, yeah. uh, Gal, I really appreciate you uh, coming on Success Harbor today. How can people find out more about you and connect with you potentially? Um, they can go on Authority Hacker if they're interested in entrepreneurship. That's definitely where you want to go. Um, we basically, you'll see a bunch of uh, videos of me goofing around and showing you how we do stuff uh, on our sites, uh, showing your analytics, showing you, like basically, uh, we're trying to, and I'm not saying we're succeeding, but we're trying to, uh, you know, make the blog that we'd like to read in terms of uh, sharing the details and stuff. And so that's what you get. You get podcasts where Mark and I discuss about how we make a funnel that, you know, make us two, three, four thousand dollars a month, uh, how, like, what tactics we used. I invite some guests and, you know, what I like to do on podcasts as well is, is debate rather than just, uh, have kind of a promotion podcast where people promote their stuff. So we like to push back a little bit and, and, and debate on concepts and, and talk about stuff. So, yeah, authority I, hacker. I like the stuff. actionable advice. I mean, I've been looking through your blog, uh, preparing for this interview, and I, you know, I like that, you know, I can watch it and I can take steps. You know, it's not so much about like theory or whatever, but it's like real tactical stuff. 
Yeah, and we tend to try to share our experience with it. So, like, all everything that's written on it, we do it on our sites, you know, like, and, mm -hmm. and we show the results usually in the post as well. You know, uh, one, one final question. Are, are you in Hungary right now? Yep. Yeah, I was born in Hungary. Uh, and I was <laughs> kind of like, I interview a lot of people, and usually they're in Thailand or Fiji or something. But, uh, I'm going to Thailand in two weeks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, how come you ended up in Hungary? Uh, Budapest is an amazing city to live in. It's it's beautiful. It's uh, cultural. There's a lot of culture around. It's uh, like for young people that like to go out. It's one There's of the so best. much to do, isn't there? I mean, I I lived there until I was 17 years old, and when I go there, I'm just amazed at the the options that you have. I mean, you know, like you can classical music, or you can go out. I mean, there's so much to do for young people. Yeah, and and just like you even partying and stuff, it's it's pretty fun and and it's very inexpensive. Um, like you know, people talk a lot about Thailand and stuff, but actually, uh, some things are cheaper here than in Thailand. Mm -hmm. uh, so like uh, to to give you an idea, like real estate is cheaper than Thailand. Um, so uh, like renting a big apartment here, like I have a home office now, I have a big apartment, and an apartment that's 135 square meters only costs. 560 euros per month, actually. And that's big for Budapest. You know, that's, that's, that's a big apartment there. Most people yeah. live in like 30 to 50, uh, you know. I know, but when you're able to make money from your sites online, from the American market, the UK market, the Australian market, and then live in a place like that, that's, you know, what Tim Ferriss talks about in the 4-Hour uh, the Workweek, just taking advantage of the geolocation uh, economical differences, you know. Yeah, it's a real bargain, and uh, I really like the pastries, and uh, yeah, you know, it's like, I, lo I really love like the downtown area of Budapest, uh, that's where I hang out when we go there. Uh, we were there in 2013, my wife and I, and rented an apartment for like three weeks, and I, I enjoy it too, so I, yep. I, I, that was interesting. So, Gal, thank you very much for uh, coming on Success Harbor, and wish you much, uh, much success. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. Thank you, and bye everyone.